It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Back with me is Dr. David Kunick of UCS Advisors. Dr. David, thanks again for being on The Talking Hedge. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. It's always great seeing you and able to help out any way I can. Yes, today we're going to be looking at a pitch deck. Normally you get paid for that, but today you're going to do it for free. So we're going to take a look at the seven tips for successful investment deck. And we're going to rate these uh, out of seven points total. So uh, at the end of the deck, we will rate and score this deck. Will they, number one, identify the business plan goals? Two, do they know their audience? Three, do they understand the market? Four, will they identify needs and roadblocks? Five, do they know what sets the business apart? Six, will they introduce the team and product? And then seven, are they going to create a summary, like a call to action? So we're going to dive into uh, this deck, which I'm kind of excited about because during MJ BizCon, last time I saw you in person in Vegas, uh, I was talking about this very thing and how annoying it is to go and stand in front of a line, even when it's pre-ordering, you still have to stand in front of a line. If they had like Amazon lockers, that'd be great. This is more like of a vending machine. We'll dive in, we'll take a look, but I think the evolution is there and kind of excited to see what you think about it. Definitely. And then, and then for the audience, something that we're going to go through today is here at UCS Advisors, we like to give out what's called green nuggets of information. And for all the listeners, pay attention because we're going to be giving out some green nuggets of information for today. Yeah. And if anybody wants uh, Dr. David to review these, he does that for a service as well. We'll give his contact information at the end. But on uh, slide number one, it gives the name on the way dispensary. So this is um, a way for uh, new players in the legal marijuana market that want to get into the industry and, um, well. Well, so right off the bat, uh, for, for this um, here at UCS Advisors, there's an automatic yellow flag. Look at the email address. It's a Gmail address. So as we always tell all our clients here at UCS Advisors, spend a few dollars, get a proper email address. If you're still using a Gmail address or a Hotmail address or a Yahoo address, you will not be taken as serious to an investor. The other thing that we talk about on this front page is that it goes right about Miles. He's an industry uh, veteran, but doesn't talk about a mission statement, nor does it talk about a vision statement. There's no slogan. There's no motto. He jumps right into it. And last but not least, food for thought, he says the the, the Dakotas. Does he mean North and South Dakota, the states? Or if you actually Google Dakotas, you'll be amazed how many cities have the town name of Dakota around the United States, actually. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that email address. That's exactly what I was thinking as well. Uh, but moving on from uh, slide one to the second slide, I guess the problem statement of obtaining subscriptions or you know prescriptions on time uh, are obtaining a prescription is a time consuming process, 24 hour uh, wait, or if you wanna uh, open and maintain a dispensary, low population might not be financially feasible or long uh, drives, I guess, for some people. So let's just stop right there, Josh. We're on the second page. And I didn't say disclaimer page. I didn't see a disclaimer page saying, hey, these are forward-looking statements to protect us, the investor. The other thing here that we tell all our clients at UCS Advisors is be careful what images you use. If you look at the image on the left with the person, 
it's very blurry. The next image in the middle is very blurry. And when you come to pitching a potential investor, you want to have a clear, concise message to know where our eyes are going. Naturally, when we look at this page, our eyes go to the right. We see problem. So we might read that column first, then go to the left. You have to lead the viewer, the person reviewing your deck. You want to make it as simplistic as possible on how they should be reading your page. Sir. Uh, then we go to the solution slide. It talks about how kiosks are more cost effective than a full dispensary. It's 24 hours accessible, uh, offers various products, and then you can have online doctors matching quick prescriptions, um, which is nice to see. I've, I've, I've seen a deck similar to this in 2015. They claimed the same thing. They didn't really have it, which is why it's not out there along with regulatory hurdles. So Maybe we'll talk about that uh, in the end, but what are some green nuggets you have, Dr. David, on solutions? So for this page, this is going to sound really cheesy, but it's a great green nugget. Where is your footer? Where is your page number? It should, it should say somewhere page number three. This sounds really trivial, Josh, but how do we know this deck didn't get mixed up? How do we know that the pages didn't get switched around? The other thing on this page here is you have to be careful of your statements. He mentions online doctor matching and quick prescriptions. But on the very first page, he talks about just being a, a vending machine, pretty much. So what does a vending machine have to deal with an online doctor matching you? He didn't give us that connection yet. And the other thing is, and this is one of the biggest things we tell people here at UCS Advisors, offering high quality products. You need to define the term high quality. You need to throw some type of objective statement in there because high quality for you, Josh, might be different for high quality for me. So the solution page makes sense. However, though, you have to be careful what words you use. Yeah, I, that's why I didn't even read that part. I would just put like various products instead of just some kind of hyperbole. Um, talking about differentiators. So um yeah, this is kind of all over the place. There's just a bunch of quotes here, but basically talks about um, profit multipliers, increasing revenue, um, the uh, advantages with pre-ordering, uh, using biometrics, rural areas. Um, maybe they'll slap those in Circle K like you know, Florida is, using high-tech, state-of-the-art AI identification. So, Josh, let's stop for a second here. One, we don't know if he means North and South Dakota. We don't know if these key differentiators are meant just for North and South Dakota or for every state in the U.S. So this is where uh, you, he has some decent points. But once again, it goes back to our previous green nugget. Where do my eyes go? Nowhere does this show me where my eyes should start and where my eyes should end. On top of that, too... You don't know who's going to be reading this. So you have to make sure that the font is very easy to read behind the photos that you use. This is actually a little bit tough to read because you don't, you can't really read the font as well. On top of that, too, he goes into talking about AI and membership programs. But these are very big words you're using without giving any details. So you have to be very careful about your key differentiators. Unless you even use maybe added, maybe like a conjunction sentence saying AI identification and membership program 
to be discussed or listed in the appendix because an investor right away is going to say, wait, I thought you were a vending machine. Why are you talking about artificial intelligence? You never told me about a membership program. Is this a membership program for a town, a city, a state, or for a region? So you don't want that investor's may, uh, brain to get um, mixed up with a bunch of ideas. You want to keep it clear and concise. Agreed. Um, how it works, they're saying that they have an efficient checkout through the kiosk or online app. They've got the online membership um, with a bunch of providers that I'm not sure are legal um, to use. I'm not sure if you can use PayPal for cannabis yet. Uh, they want to leverage and recognize franchising, um, which you can't technically do franchising yet. And then a cost-effective kiosk to allow for you to use 20 locations for the same price as a single brick and mortar. So what I really liked about this page was, to be quite frank, is that it really just made me more confusing. And why I, I say it made me even more confused is that you went from talking about a membership program to doctors online to now doing a franchise model. You've really confused me. And where I'm going with this is that the general idea makes sense, but on this investor pitch deck, it's not giving a clear and concise model. It's not giving you a clear and concise direction. You know, what some of these other add-ons that he wants to maybe potentially do could work in the future but not at this exact moment in time. And this is something where a lot of people go, trying to raise money start to jump around in their deck. They start, they start to talk about their year two, year three, year four, year five ideas before even taking the first couple of steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And last but not least, um, and here's a green nugget. When you're raising money, you're telling a subjective story backed by objective data. And right now we're on page five or six. I don't know because we don't have our footer here for our page number, but show me what the laws say. What can you legally do? We don't know yet. All right. Maybe they'll add that on the next slide or? Maybe. So they talk about product, um, which I'm not sure is really relevant to a vending machine, but they just talk about the general things you can add. Um, what they don't say is that in the future you can have, you know, frozen or, or cool things like uh, cool beverages or uh, ice cream that requires refrigeration. I would imagine that's a possibility down the line, but I don't think they include that. They just include the obvious things uh, along with ancillary products. Well, this goes back to once again, the products, where is this located in what direct states and what are the rules and regulations for that state and what they can currently carry? And this is where, uh, if they were a client of UCS advisors, we have to say, keep your message clear and concise, make it like a three foot putt, make it really direct because if you're just want to do flowers and edibles and that's fine, you can mention how you want to add these additional products down the road, but not in your immediate rollout. Yeah, it almost adds more questions and answers rather than just saying we're going to sell cannabis product and just leaving it at that. Exactly. Uh, the technology slide is a little bit redundant. Um, just talks about the same things that they're already using, but without a whole lot of detail or explanation. There is, and this is where uh, an investor will literally 
for lack of a better term, go down the rabbit hole and ask a lot of questions from this slide. This says the state-of-the-art inventory tracking and metric system. Well, is this your own private state-of-the-art tracking system? Is it one that's already currently used? Um, on top of that, too, uh, you know, they also talk about the inventory tracking. Um, I'm sorry, not the inventory tracking. They talk about the um, the AI smart system. How are they going to make sure it's up to date, up to code, that meets the rules and regulations for that town, county, or states? So if the technology, is this a technology-based company? Or is this more of a, a cannabis vending machine company? So you have to be careful with some of the words you use, like state-of-the-art, because that will have the potential investor starting to go down the rabbit hole saying, hmm, do they have a trademark? Do they have a patent? Do they have intellectual property? Right. This is one of my favorite slides, the total addressable market slide. Um, I kind of have to have it in there, but it's always a little bit ridiculous. Uh, these numbers aren't too bad. Time about 72 billion by the year 2030. But um, what he has in here is not very realistic and it never is. And that's why I love these slides. $20 a gram is not the average of what people are spending. It's between five and 15, 20 is the absolute fire that people are going to spend per gram and 20,000 on, on the wholesale side is realistic, but not for long. It'll drop down to $500 soon. So I put the more conservative numbers in there or come somewhere down the, the middle, middle of the mark, not at, the all-time high and low to be beneficial because the investors who understand the market can see right through that. Well, this is also where, as I'm going to repeat it again, your, your pitch deck has to flow, okay? You have to be consistent. He talks about market size. He talks about his kiosk, but he only talks about selling flour. But literally on page six or page five, he talks about about nine different products he's going to be selling in the vending machine. So what percentage of your sales are gonna be just for flour? Once again, and here's a green nugget for everyone, when you're raising capital, you're telling a story backed by objective data. Your story has to be consistent. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's that uh, the forward. Um, this is interesting because I haven't really seen this before where they throw out different scenarios or different potentials, a realistic worst case and best case scenario. Realistic is you get 25% of the North and South Dakota market share. Uh, worst case scenario is it just doesn't really work. And then best case scenario is you get 40% of the market share. So it's funny for this slide that you haven't seen this, but we see this a lot. And we actually recommend this, uh, something similar to this to a lot of our clients. What's the best case scenario, worst case scenario, realistic scenario um, for the potential investor? So they can see um <clears throat> the bandwidth and can see the different options now what could be improved is that it's too many words it's too tough to read and the other thing is too is that you got to do some due diligence worst case scenario you're gonna have 15 percent of the market share josh please show me another company that's getting 15 percent of the market share because it just doesn't really happen now if worst case scenario was maybe a two percent or three percent Okay, that's more believable, but worst case scenario, saying 15% and to get to this point of the presentation and not talk about any marketing, not talking about any branding, not talking about how you're actually going to capture that much of the market share, 
it's a it's a very uh, for lack of a better term ballsy statement to make saying you get fifteen percent. But the realistic worst case and best case, we we see that a lot, and it actually will help kind of give that investor potential peace of mind when it's displayed properly. Here's a go-to market plan about preparation and launch, developing a clear brand identity and message. And then phase two is growth and optimization and phase three is expansion. So um, I like they're talking about go-to-market plan. However, though, there's so many bland and obtuse statements. It will lead a potential investor to question if you have a really clear and direct a clear and direct message. And something that we recommend, it's a green nugget here, is if you have a very thorough marketing plan or a very thorough expansion plan, you can always put a little bullet point saying, please see appendix or please reach out for detailed marketing plan. Um, and investors will actually reach out and say, great, I'm interested in your project. As per your pitch deck, it says you have a thorough marketing plan and expansion plan. I would like to see that because it actually shows the potential investor that you're thinking forward and you already have this information done ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And to your previous point, I uh, use clear images and ones that are uh, IP free. Yep. So then here's a list of uh, some advisors. Um, it's got some you know, financial folks and law folks. Um, so so let, let's, go to, let's go to the next page because there's a second page of advisors. Okay. And let, let's talk about all this together. Um, and this is a very, very, and let's spend a minute or so on this, on these two pages, Josh. You need to be careful when you list your advisors. He has eight advisors listed here. So the very first question any investor is going to say is, what are you giving these advisors? Did you give them equity? Are you paying them? Um, what kind of information, what help are they actually giving you? Um, with the background of some of these advisors that he has listed here, the very first question that we come up here at UCS Advisors is, okay, who reviewed their deck? Which one of these eight advisors reviewed their pitch deck and gave it the stamp of approval say, yes, please send this out to people. The next thing is too is that, and we've seen this many times here at UCS Advisors is, make sure you have the advisor's permission to put their name or information on the project. Two quick stories, one story is, uh, we reviewed a pitch deck for someone else, and we were actually slightly interested in the project, and we noticed one of their advisors was someone we knew. We reached out to that advisor, and they said, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I left that company seven months ago. I'm not an advisor of that company anymore. Yeah. And the second story is, especially if you can list all your advisors, is how are you compensating them? And I bring this up because another there's another uh, – pitch deck we looked at, we knew one of the advisors listed. We called the advisor and said, great, why do you like this project? And this person said, simple, they paid me $10,000 to be an advisor and that's it, just to use my name. So you have to be really careful. If you're gonna list all your advisors, what do they really bring to the table? What are they doing for you on a monthly or quarterly basis to actually advise you and, and give you help? So um, that that's your food for thought on this and yourself, Josh. 
I don't see anything cannabis related. Uh, you know, I saw some finance, which is good. That's important. Uh, but industry knowledge is important as well. And I, I don't see that yet. No, we didn't, we didn't really see the industry knowledge either. And, and what we did see is like Greg here, you know, he's an operator of over 30 locations. We don't know what kind of locations, but if Greg is being active with you, some of the bullet points he made about the rollout, the best case, worst case scenario would be, okay, great, Greg, for your businesses, do you control over 15% of your markets? Mm -hmm. I highly doubt that. So you can actually learn from your advisors to make sure you're not making statements that maybe you shouldn't be making. Yeah. Or, you know, it, it didn't really help Tilray out all that much when they claim to be, um, you know, subject matter experts in, in retail and not knowing cannabis obviously didn't help them out. Uh, but we finally made it to the last slide. There wasn't too many slides in here. That's great. Um, the deal slide, they're asking for 750000 but that's kind of where it stops. doesn't say where they're going to use the funds or what the terms are. So a lot to kind of be left there. That um, There's no call to action on who I can reach out to, a phone number, an email address. Um, something that he states here, which is another green nugget, here at UCS Advisors, we spend a lot of time talking to our clients about different types of investors. Investors are like going fishing. You can go saltwater fishing or you go fishing in a river or a lake or a pond. Know what kind of investor you're going after. The fact he says here in the, on the very first sentence, we are looking for a visionary investor to join us. So you're looking for just one investor to take out the whole $750,000 and that's it. You don't want several investors. Um, they talk about the first right of refusal. Well, how many more rounds of money are you looking to, to do? Because you talk about expansion earlier in the deck, but you don't actually talk about how much money you need to do that expansion. So also there's no use of funds listed. You need $750,000, but you gotta talk about your use of funds. Um, I don't know if you see this, Josh, but something we recommend here is for how much money you're looking to raise, that should go earlier on in your deck and then repeat again at the very end of your deck. You want it listed twice. Yeah, I, sometimes I see it at the very end. Uh, I rarely see it at the very beginning, um, but most of the time I don't see it at all, which is a huge missed opportunity. Uh, so let's break this down. Let's take a look at uh, seven tips to a successful investment deck. And um, I just asked the question, did they identify the business plan goals? I'm I'm going to have to say that that's a zero for me. Okay. Um, the, for me, the, the business plan goal was to raise money to launch a vending machine. So if, if that's the business plan goal, that's what I got across. Um, so I'll give them a point for that. I'll give zero for you and we'll meet halfway in the middle. Okay. And, and Josh, just yes. to give the, give the audience our explanation is that reading this deck is, was very confusing for us. Okay. It didn't flow properly. So we have to assume he's talking about just vending machines mm -hmm. and something that we always say here at UCS advisors, if an investor needs to assume it's just this one business. It means you did not clearly identify the business plan goals. Right. Yeah. Lots of learning opportunities here. Yep. Uh, it's a decent base, but um, but that's kind of why we're here is to, to help uh, perfect that. Um, number two is, do they know the audience, which is separate from 
uh, the market, the investor, do they understand the investor audience when they wrote this deck? So if it was the understanding the end consumer, I'll give them a 0. 0.5 for that because mm -hmm. they talked about it a little bit. In terms of knowing the type of investor, um, I would have to say a 0. 0.25. Mm -hmm. I know I don't think we're allowed to give a quarter, but <laughs> I'll give them, I'll give a 0. 0.25. And this is a great example of someone that has a great idea and vision. Uh, and I kind of see where they're going with this, but we would call this a dirty diamond here at UCS Advisors, mm. where they have something and they kind of have a baseline, but it's really, really dirty. It looks like a dirty rock. Mm. It needs to be shined up and polished and look nice and pretty so it turns into a diamond. Yeah, I would agree with that. There was enough in there where I think they, they've got a, a really good baseline, uh, but there's um, you know, <laughs> some some of their investors to be a little bit more uh, their advisors rather to be a little bit more active. Um, what about the overall market? You said you were going to give them a 0. 0.5 for that. I was, um, I don't like assuming they meant the, the North and South Dakota, but they mentioned at the end, um, I wish they would talk more about the legal rules and regulations for North and South Dakota. And they would give some objective data about that, but you know what? I understand that North South Dakota and having clients actually in those states already, I know uh, the population isn't as grand. Um, doing work in a state like Maine that only has 1.7 million people in it, um, I understand the market and why why the need is there. So I'll give a I'll give a point five for that. Yeah, I'll give them three quarters of a point. They understand the market, um, but I think they need to bring in some more cannabis subject matter experts. Uh, in terms of identifying needs and roadblocks, I'm going to have to give them a zero on that because there's a lot of regulations. There's a lot of issues on biometrics about um, can you sell a, a cannabis without a license? Do you need a dispensary license? What, they didn't mention any of the the needs, roadblocks, hurdles, or anything like that. So I'm going to have to give them a zero on number four. Um, I would concur with you on that. And then knowing what sets the business apart, they didn't bring up any competition. Um, so that's going to have to be like deducted from the point there. Um, they did mention that there's an advantage, ruler areas, no lines, things of that nature. Um, I don't really think they, they highlighted that enough. So um, I'll give them a half a point. So I'm going to give them a, a point two five there because you're talking about North and South Dakota. Give us some statistics, Josh. How many people are in that state? How many medical users are there? What's the estimated recreational users? They did talk about how they wanted to expand, and they talked about that one slide that had so many different bullet points. It was very confusing. But they did talk a little bit about where they kind of want to set up the shop. So I'll give them a, a 0.25 on that. Okay. Introducing the team and product, they did that. So I'll give them a point. So Josh, this is where you're nicer than me. I'll give them a half a point because they introduced the team, but the products, they didn't talk about what kind of vending machine. They didn't talk about the technology of the vending machine. They didn't talk about the cost of the vending machine. They didn't talk about the security of, hey, can I come up with, the, with my pickup truck and take the whole machine and throw it on the back of my pickup truck and steal it? So they didn't really talk about the actual product, but they talked about the team. Mm -hmm. All right. 
and then uh, creating a summary. So they did include 750,000. Um, it was an attempt for that. I'll give them a quarter point, but it's it's missing quite a bit. I agree with you on that. I'll give them a quarter point on that as well, too. All right. Uh, so let's uh, put this in the old calculator and see where we're at. Uh, so that's a uh, 40%. Um, so, but again, it's out of seven. So it's kind of, if you even miss one point, that's the best you can get is in 85. So <laughs> yeah. it, makes, it makes the scoring a little bit harder on here when, when you don't have a perfect score. But um, like we mentioned, this is a learning point, learning opportunity. Um, and I think that um, if we can get some more vending machines, I think they'll do a lot more business, but it's, um, I don't think it's going to be easy. So my overall take on this deck is the following. If the deck was very simply laid out, so it would lead the viewer a very clear, concise pass on how to read each slide. If there wasn't as many background photos and the font was a little bit clearer and images were clearer, that would also give us a different impression as well, too. And... You know, when it comes to the missing information, adding the information is really simplistic. So instead of using words like state-of-the-art, artificial intelligence, high quality, let's just use other type of wording so we're not making general assumptions. And the one thing that fascinates me about this deck is, are we truly talking about North and South Dakota? Give me some numbers. Give me some data because I'm going to tell you right now, let's look at New Mexico. You know, there are investors looking at New Mexico because, you know what, it's a very hot state right now. A lot of people want to go in and invest in that. If you looked at Missouri, Missouri was able to raise a lot of capital very quickly because they had the data there. If we were to look at the state of Michigan, the amount of people they have for their medical cannabis program, you know, it really brought a need. So if you can show the need and desire for the geographical area you're in, you can get you can get around some of these other speed bumps. Yeah, that'd be a great addition to that total addressable market slide. Um, you can clean it up by just focusing simply on being a vending machine or an Amazon locker kind of thing, uh, making strategic partnerships with dispensaries by having them put it in there for free and then some kind of rev share or whatever would increase that. And then having additional slides for here's the future or here's a, a, additional features for it so that it doesn't confuse or muddle the core point, which is that you're just a, a vending machine and slash locker. Keep it simple. Exactly. V very well said. And and this is where I know you said in the beginning, like we, we charge for stuff like this, um, which is a very nominal fee. Uh, we charge $428 to actually give you a written report and actually have you give you have you give us your presentation. We tell you the pros, the cons, and what you can do to improve it. And then we also offer a slightly higher package at $1,100 where we will actually record you on Zoom and also give you real-life questions and answers, also help you on your presentation skills. And we do that three times, so you have three recordings. Um, one of the biggest things is when you're getting, when you get a no, you're not really told as many reasons why, because every investor is different. And part of our goal is for you to be prepared because here at UCS advisors, our number one green nugget is failure to plan is planning to fail. So to get a professional, uh, investor relations advisor to give you a professional written 
oral and video feedback will go a long way to making sure you have the best presentation possible. Yep. Where can they find you at if they want more information? Uh, they can find us uh, at our UCS pitchperfect.com website describing this. And they can also find me on LinkedIn as we talk about you and I all the time. LinkedIn is a very, very powerful tool. David Kunick. You can also check out our LinkedIn uh, page as well too, UCS Advisors. Yep. And I'll have a link in the description for Dr. David's LinkedIn if you want to go and bug him directly. But I think with that, we're gonna have to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guest, Dr. David Kunick of UCS Advisors. Thanks again for being on The Talking Hedge. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.